1: Another episode. Do you like my croaky cold voice? It's very sultry. Make sure and subscribe on whatever device you downloaded this on and that way you'll get a notification to say there's a new episode to download. How handy is that? This one is with Carney Wilson who made some fantastic music. Here's some terrible music. Well, it's not terrible, but it's not fantastic. <laughs> Hello, you are very welcome to this episode of Fascinated. What can I say about this week's guest? She is just, she was so much fun. Recording this interview was the most fun I have had interviewing somebody for one of these podcasts. And the actual recording, I think it's about an hour and a half, but I had to cut at least... 40 minutes out of it because as you'll see what happens at the end of this podcast I don't think anybody wants to listen to that for 40 minutes they really really don't but me and Kearney had so much fun it was just the best fun if you don't know Kearney Wilson she's a tv host and a singer Um, most recently in America you would have seen her hosting or co-hosting the talk on CBS she stood in there for a while but she and her sister Wendy and longtime friend China would be most well-known as the pop group Wilson Phillips. Most recently, they appeared in the film Bridesmaids to perform their biggest hit, Hold On. Now, if you think you don't know Hold On, let me just say this now, you do. told you. Wilson Phillips properly became a band in 1989 and they worked in the studio for about a year writing and recording music and they came out with this with a four song demo cassette. The four songs that they had written themselves were Release Me, Hold On, You're In Love and Next To You. Now they couldn't have foreseen that within one year, just one short year, three of these songs would be massive hits worldwide and all three of them number one in America. Now, things happened really, really fast for Wilson Phillips and I think that's why the experience was so intense and it ended quite quickly, actually. An example of how intense it was, the girls had only ever sung together in a recording studio or when they were messing around themselves. Their first ever performance in front of an actual audience was live on The David Letterman Show. No pressure at all. The band split shortly after the release of their second album, Shadows and Light. After this, Carney went on to record with her sister Wendy, and then to have a syndicated talk show in the US. She recorded 155 episodes of it in a year. She then worked with her father, who is legendary singer Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. But after the cancellation of her talk show, she needed money, so she went on tour with another Beach Boy, Al Jardine. And moments before performing with him at the Vet Rock concert, she was introduced to the man that she Calls the love of her life, her husband Rob.
0: Carney Wilson.
1: Yep, that certainly sounds like a woman that's just fallen in love. After the demise of Wilson Phillips, Kearney and Wendy didn't speak to China for two years, which is doubly sad when you consider the fact that the band grew out of their lifelong friendship. In fact, if you have the first album, you can see photographs of them playing together as children in the inlay card. A chance meeting at a fundraiser led them to an impromptu performance of one of their songs, and while they patched things up in their friendship, the subject of music and recording remained completely off-limits. That is, until 2001, when they were asked to perform at a Brian Wilson tribute concert in Radio City Music Hall. China's father had passed away a few days before the performance, but they soldiered on anyway, unsure of whether people would be interested in a band that had been defunct for eight
0: years. Around the same time, our next artist were just three little girls growing up in Southern California starting to sing together and becoming best friends they are descended from rock royalty one is the daughter of John and Michelle Phillips from the mamas and papas and her partners are Brian Wilson's two oldest girls singing together for the first time in nearly a decade please welcome China, Carney, and Wendy Wilson Phillips Thank
1: you. But they needn't have Thank worried. With their trademark harmonies perfectly in place, they sang their hearts out and the crowd were on their feet. And like it or not, Wilson Phillips were back. Did you like that little synopsis? I'm very proud of that. Now you'll hear from the interview that Kearney is really honest and pragmatic and just down to earth and lovely. She tells things just exactly as they are. And as you'll hear by the end of the interview, she is hysterically funny. Also, I should say, at the start of this interview, there is a little bit of problems with sound. The sound isn't great, um, but it does get better because me and Kearney were actually recording using video. We could see each other when we were recording on Skype. And once we'd had a good look around each other's places, like I had a good nose around her kitchen and she had a good look around my spare room, we decided we'd turn off the video uh, to have better sound quality. She's got a lovely kitchen. (laughs) for having me oh it's my pleasure i have to tell you before i started this podcast before i made the first series i made a list of the the dream guests you were number three
0: what thank
1: you and the first one was a lame stretch and she died so technically you've moved up
0: oh god shit
1: you've moved up but you're number two now
0: that's awesome are we allowed to cuss or swear
1: you can swear as much as you want
0: oh that's great Can be myself,
1: <laughs> yes, you absolutely can say whatever you want.
0: You give me the freedom, and I'll just, you know, the F word I'm bad. Okay, I'm bad
1: <laughs> now. Carly, the whole world recently saw you in Bridesmaids. I think everyone that went to see that film had that moment at the end where they just went, Oh, I love this song.
0: I know it and- was very, yeah, I mean, so lucky. How did
1: that come about?
0: Um, well, we had a publicist at the time that we were working with we worked with her very, very briefly, but it was, she gave us a great opportunity. They just called. And um, I guess, you know, Maya, Maya Rudolph has been a fan for a long time. And, and and I've met her a few times. She's just an amazing person. And we were both pregnant at the same time once. And I keep seeing her at this one market in Los Angeles, we would run into each other. And um, she never mentioned anything about bridesmaids, but I know that Kristen Wiig is also a fan. So I think that it was just kind of, they just wanted it to be part of the movie, part of the script. And, you know, um, they called us and, and they asked us to, to come and, 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 but they didn't tell us anything about the film. We had not a clue about what we were doing. We, all we knew is that we were going to be in a, in a Judd Apatow movie, which was like, you know, make a beeline for the set, you know, get there as fast as possible. Yeah. And then, you know, and then and then we showed up and then there were all these girls in bridesmaids dresses and, and we sat in this makeup trailer with all the women. And I just remember Kristen was wearing this like overall, she looked like she was on a farm in Alabama, so adorable and cute. And Maya was just beautiful and funny and great in there. And then, and then I was talking to this one woman that I that I had never seen, and she had the funniest facial expressions I've ever, ever seen, and it was Melissa McCarthy. And w- we were talking about children, and she, she had a two-year-old at the time, and, and I had um, a three-year-old. And it was, it, of course, she and I were just bonding, you know, right from the beginning. So then we just went out there, and, and we, we sang hold on about 15 times. Oh, Wow. <laughs> So two o'clock in the morning and it was boiling hot and they had this huge fan. You know, those big mega fans that are like, you know, five feet wide. All I remember is like bending over and having the fan. Like I lifted up my whole dress and like, cause I was hot as hell. <laughs> it was great. It was a great time, but we still had no idea about what the movie, uh, what the movie was about oh, until wow. it came out. Yeah. So I went to the theater and, um, I sat in the seat and I, I mean, very few movies make you laugh that hard.
1: Yeah. What it, an honour. It wasn't a smiler. It wasn't where you just smiled. You just laughed no, out loud.
0: No, and, it's terrible.
1: And at that time, were Wilson Phillips together? Were you regrouping anyway or was it just something that came along?
0: No, we were together. Um, we've been together since uh, 2004, actually, recording, you know, some albums every few years and doing some touring so we were, what were we doing? I think we were in the middle of making a Christmas album. Okay. Um, yeah. So or maybe, uh, you know, I, I don't even, I have no brain. I have no brain. After, <laughs> children, after children, brain is gone. I need a fucking calendar in front of my face to see what I've done. It's pathetic. But yeah, we were, we're together, together for a while. Yeah. How
1: did Wilson Phillips start? How did it all begin?
0: Well, let's see. Um, We've been lifelong friends. And my sister, Wendy, and I have always been mad about singing harmony. And um, I was really obsessed with singing harmony. And so I would get uh, anyone that could sing, basically, together and just, like, sing the Eagles or Fleetwood Mac. And I just – I was a big stoner. And I would just, like, get stoned. <laughs> and I, I really, like, loved – I loved to just smoke pot and listen to harmony. I know that sounds insane. Especially because I just celebrated ten years of sobriety, but um, well done. Thank, you, thank you. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a miracle. But um, anyway, so I, I know that's weird to bring up, but it's true. It's really true. We I spent a lot of time kind of like taking these bong loads, and we were just like loving harmony and music. And uh, we we asked to we asked a few people to get together: Moon Zappa, um, Ioni Sky, um, Owen Elliott, Cass Elliott's daughter. Oh yeah, to just get together and, and do like a charity song record the children of famous 60s group groups get together and record a, a song and give the money to charity but nobody wanted to do it so the only person that wanted to do it was China so okay. we got together and sat on the floor and sang harmony and just the minute we heard our sound and our blend we knew that there was something happening and that's literally how it started on the carpet taking bong loads on my sister's <laughs>
1: it's not exactly the showbiz story that you would have told back in the 90s
0: (laughs) you're absolutely right but it's
1: truth. but that's the truth
0: sometimes i tell it on stage though i'm not i'm not afraid to tell the truth you know what i mean that was then and this is now and it's the way i'm 46 years old with two children you know what i mean it's things have changed
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a real-life human being. <laughs> That's right. Some people may not know, but your father is actually Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, and China yeah. Phillips' parents are John and Michelle Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. So what was it like growing up as a young child, as the daughter of somebody who was a global superstar?
0: Well, um, I it, I guess it wasn't your typical family. Mm. I know that. You know, yeah. there were a lot of, lot of people coming in and out. Um famous people, um, wacky stories and, um, you know, a lot of music though, a lot of music. And, uh, I think that, you know, my mom was really the, the rock and the uh, solidity of our family because my dad was really in another world and, um, very much, you know, just kind of away, even though he was there, he just was very out of it. And, it's too bad that that had to be like yeah. that, but that that's what it was. And my mom was great. And um, I just remember a lot of music playing. Well, ever, ever constantly. If my dad wasn't on the piano, he was uh, playing records and blasting it as loud as possible. So I was exposed to some, some really great, great things. And then yeah. some shitty things too.
1: Yeah. Family, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah. We didn't sit down to eat dinner at the table. That wasn't yeah. it. I mean, Wendy and I would basically sit and watch Bewitched or or, uh, The Brady Bunch and eat our dinner. And, you know, it was – I wish that we had more family time, all of us. And I do remember one funny story when my dad came to eat dinner. My mom said, okay, you know, Brian, we're going to eat dinner as a family tonight and we we have to do this. It's very important for a family to eat dinner together. He said, okay. So she made a steak, his favorite, made a steak and basically – he said, you know, he kept bugging her. When is it ready? When is it ready? So we were trying to get to the table. And you know how mothers get, try to round up the kids to get to the table. Well, his steak was put on the table early, which was a mistake because <laughs> he nailed it in two bites. And then the fucking steak was gone and so was he. So we got <laughs> He was already playing the piano. He finished the steak. So much fun.
1: In your autobiography, you talk about how he taught you to play piano and he taught you to play things like Rhapsody and Blue from from memory and from just listening. So when you decided that you were going to go into the music business, you were actually going to follow and do what he had done because, I mean, you were the vocal arranger for Wilson Phillips and it was all about the harmony and he was all about the harmony. Was that massive pressure? That must have been so daunting.
0: It was, but it was um, it was only daunting when I thought about um, when I thought about the, the circumstances, like, um, I mean, the music business was very different, you know, in those days. So when I thought about, you know, you have to, you have to tour and you have to go to radio stations and you have to do promotion, you have to do a million interviews. If I knew what was in store, I probably would have freaked out, but we were so focused on writing the songs, getting the record done. And so excited about the music that we we didn't think about all that was going to come with it, and we actually we didn't know. And so we we were part of a, a record company launch, okay. SBK, mm-hmm. and there were there were several artists that were doing it with us: Vanilla Ice, TechnoTronic, um, you know, a, a lot of people. So we we were um we were on board with all these people, and we yeah. just. We just did what they told us to do. So my father warned us about the sharks. He said, watch out for the sharks in the business. And my mom was just like, go for it, go for it. And we didn't look back. We had blinders on. And we just were so um, excited by the initial reaction to the first single, Hold On. It took a long time for it to uh, climb up to number one. But when it did, it was just so gratifying. And the number of records that we were selling, 100,000 records a week, it was insane
1: was it 11 million copies worldwide which is about
0: 10 10 million in in the yeah 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 something like that just ridiculous
1: and your first three singles were at number one what i think is interesting about this is that on your first album you were writing as a three piece and you also had writers that were writing you know other tracks but of the three songs that you released that went to number one they were all written by yourselves yeah which is, that's a phenomenal achievement.
0: It is, it is. And, you know, I was pulling in my driveway last night with my two daughters and, um, and You're In Love came on the radio and I just stopped, you know, and to hear the intro with the piano. It, it sounded so dated. you that's the way it should be. Cause I want my, my daughter Lola goes, is, is her, is China's voice like sped up, mom? I said, no, that's 24 years ago. That's why it sounds like. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I don't know. We, we loved writing songs together. And Glenn Ballard was a huge part of that. Yeah. He co-wrote Hold On and he co-wrote You're in Love. And Release Me was written by the three of us. It was the first song we ever wrote together. We were 19. And um, we wrote it on China's piano. Young love, you know, but I think it was the the harmonies, the vocals that really jumped out at people, and then just the relatability of just the this the simplicity, I think, of of the lyrics, but the positive messages, I think, people like.
1: Yeah, like hold on, that's one of those songs that even if you do not like Wilson Phillips, if you go, oh god, I can't bear that song, before you turn the radio off, you will sing the chorus.
0: I know, I know. (laughs) Everyone's like, it's my guilty pleasure. Wilson Phillips, my guilty pleasure. you thank you so much
1: yeah you dick (laughs)
0: everyone's got their their own taste it's it's cool but i you know there's um it's true it's catchy and it's uh it's really helped a lot of people you know that song
1: can you remember the time when you first went like when you finished that song and you thought oh that's that's done That's 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 good do you remember that moment
0: yeah i do i do i remember um listening to the cassette and uh, and then, you know, China was she basically wrote that song was basically written by her. I wrote a little bit of it, but the the lyric and the the meaning behind it was about her sobriety. Yeah. So it was, you know, that whole like one day at a time thing. It was for one more day. Can you just hold on so um, you could apply it to anything? But that's that was the genesis of it. And I remember um, thinking to myself, God, you know, that chorus has such a great driving um, hook. You know, it's so driving. It just, Mm. it really had a neat rhythm to it. So um, I remember going, oh, shit, I think this is a big hit, you know. But I was the most optimistic of all of us. When we were recording, I always thought, I said to everybody, you know, we're going to sell 10 million records, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, they laughed. They thought, no, 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 you don't understand. We're going to sell 10 million records. And, and I was right.
1: With all of the success that came, you know, the Grammy nominations, the huge record sales. Did you have a moment where you thought about your family legacy and thought, oh, thank God I measure up? Did you have that moment?
0: We were just so um, flipped out that we were nominated for a Grammy. I mean, I remember watching the Grammys year after year, even the Rock Awards. I remember mm. watching the Rock Awards, you know, and. Um, and I remember like watching Fleetwood Mac being like so stoned and out of it, they're getting their awards. And I was thinking to myself, I want to be, I want to be on, I want, I want that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we had that, you know, we had the nomination. And I I do remember meeting Mariah Carey down, down in this like basement right before the award show. And uh, she had just, you know, she just took all the Grammys of course. And she was so great. And, we were just so, so grateful to be nominated. What an honor that was. Um, it just was very surreal. And um, the year before we actually attended the Grammys because the year before we were nominated because the, the um, Daniel Glass, who was the head of promotion of SBK at the time, he worked all the records at radio and he said, come to the Grammys and make yourselves make a presence so people can see you. He said, because next year you're going to be here and you're going to have nominations. He, he kind of like knew it. Wow. And, um, I remember seeing Melissa Etheridge sing, um, somebody, what is it called? Somebody bring me some water. Is that what the song um, is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. We were freaking out at this, this woman's voice. She just freaked us out. It was so great. And, uh, I just remember saying next year we're going to be here. And then all of a sudden we were, it was all a whirlwind, you know, it was very quick that this happened. Yeah. So I don't, I, I, we could barely retain anything, you know?
1: And, after the second album, because uh, The Shadows and Light, that's one of my favourite albums. One particular song that you wrote was about being estranged from your father. To have that go yeah. out to the world, what was that like?
0: Uh, well, it was a very emotional, very emotional writing it. A um, lot of tears writing that song. Being in Glenn's um, studio and just bawling, you know, um, kind of just spewing out our feelings and what we wanted, and which was just to be uh, with him. And, um, it was, it was hard. We we were in a weird place because we, we hadn't seen him for a long time. He was working with um, a doctor that just controlled his life and got him into shape, but really, I think really fucked him up mentally just on a lot of these drugs and brainwashed him. And, and, and since then, you know, the doctors passed away and, but it was a hard time for us because we weren't allowed to see him. And I, I, I don't know what doctor thinks that it's okay that you can't see your children. I just, it's ludicrous, yeah. you know, but we, this was our only way that we could reach out to him.
1: Wow. And, but you, you found out then that he was actually following your career. He was uh, like, he was, you know, he was seeing the, the album do well and all of that sort of stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, he was following it and, and he said, you know, I, I I'm following you on the charts. I'm watching you. I'm proud of you. And, um, when, when we played him, we played him Flesh and Blood, and I said, so what do you think, you know? And he said, he said the funniest thing. It was so, <laughs> this is so out there. Yeah, I mean, people are probably going to be like, what in the fuck is that? He said, um, well, you either really love me or you think I'm just a piece of meat. <laughs> I was like, okay, dad. Well, you know, I don't think of you as a piece of meat. I, I do love you, you know? But, um, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, we did reach out and, and thank God, through music, um, shortly after that, we connected. And we've been connected for all these years now. Thank God.
1: Yeah. And you made that great album with them then, The Wilsons.
0: Yeah. God, my favorite Wilson song is um, Not Your Average Girl. That's oh, my... Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that song.
1: I love Monday Without You and I love um, the one, The Miracle.
0: Miracle's great.
1: Oh my God. I actually I read I read in your book the story of you sitting down to record that or to write that with your dad.
0: and Dave Stewart.
1: That is such an amazing story.
0: What's funny about that is um, both my father and Dave were very nervous to meet each other. So they both wore dark sunglasses the whole session. They were too scared to take them off.
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Isn't that <laughs> um,
0: funny?
1: Shortly after Shadows and Light, Wilson Phillips disbanded, and that album sold well. Like it sold three million copies, which it wasn't. The, wasn't the massive whirlwind that the, the first one was, but I mean, three million copies. If it's not bad.
0: Please, I'd be happy with a quarter of a million these days. My God, um, you know we were told we were failures, and. The record company said you know you failed us and you you blew it and this you know we're disappointed in you and we were so tired at that point Mm. because they wanted to bang it out so quickly that it was i almost feel like i mean i i I didn't china just left the band and she and we're open about this we talked Mm. about it she wanted to have a solo career you know i think her head got too big and she just didn't want to deal with, with partners. She wanted to have everything for herself. And that was what she wanted at the time. And it was years, years of resentment and anger. I was so pissed off. I couldn't believe that somebody could walk away from what we had. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was so stupid, you know, Mm. and selfish and I've done a lot of work through this and we've done a lot of work uh, through it. And that's why we can still make records and tour and be together so much because we we are friends first. And that's, we had to put the business side for a long time and say, you know what? I love you, adore you as my oldest friend in the world, but you know, your decision was heartbreaking and I resent you for it. And that's all I have to say, you know, and then she'd say, well, I can't take it back. And then I just had to reach this place of forgiveness and so and move on and do talk shows and move into TV and change Mm. the course of my life, you know, really accept that we weren't going to be a group. And I had no idea if we were ever going to be a group again.
1: Because it's interesting because when you see uh, the three of you together, you know because you did you did a reality series and you did you know yeah. so much press and stuff like that. You and China do seem to obviously really bump heads, but yeah, we will we yeah. will fight for ten hours a day, and then we will do magic music, and it's all gone.
0: It's more like sisters than even my own sister Wendy. Yeah. I don't know Wendy and I don't really fight. We just we just get like bitchy when we get our periods. We just like snap. <laughs> That's the extent of it. But China and I fight. You know, we get like jealous of certain things with each other and we just go at it, you know. And I I think that but but for instance, like the other day I was thinking about I had a, a, a memory of us being on stage recently where I would like look at her and I would start cracking up in the middle of a song. And then I couldn't sing because I was laughing. And like it's the friendship, you know, that goes back so far that just a facial expression, like when I had the Bell's palsy and I like one eye was weird like I would be singing and I'd be like this, and then she would imitate me, she would imitate me to my face on stage. And she's like, you're singing like this. And, and then I'd like, wow. You know, I, so I, I just like, if, if we could just keep that laughter and the lightheartedness of it and not, and just like thinking about the fact that we're blessed to even have people listen 24 years later and not worry about the little stuff that just is meaningless you know what I mean? It's just to appreciate each other's differences and similarities is really critical, and that's what keeps us together. I think. When
1: Wilson Phillips ended, you did a you did a talk show, uh, a huge syndicated talk show, um, and that yeah. was when I think that was kind of when people start to go, God, she's actually really. You were actually a real personality because that w- what that came from was yourself and Wendy. Uh, if I'm right, did a They did a Chris, You did a Christmas album, and then yeah, so hey, and, Santa.
0: Yeah, very successful song.
1: But some idiot at the record label booked you on the Howard Stern show to promote a Christmas song.
0: Well, he was incredibly mean. Just, he could not wait to tear me apart um, with, um, you know, you're so fat. Why are you so fat? You have a pretty face. Why are you fat? And I was just like, you know what? Go fuck off. That's just, (laughs) that's all I want. I just said, you know what? Just go fuck yourself, you know? And he loved it. And it was like, all of a sudden, like the day after, literally the day after, I got a call from Warner Brothers. And I'm like, why is Warner Brothers calling me? And they're like, you know, our our, our executive producer of the Sally Jesse Raphael show saw you on Howard Stern and was like, you can hold your own with Howard Stern. You could do anything. You're funny. Let's. Would you like to try a pilot for a talk show? And I said, hell yeah, you know? And uh, it was from there. So it was like Howard Stern that... That was the catalyst for a talk show.
1: Yeah, it, that's just bizarre. I think that's just a real,
0: <laughs> a awesome. great Hollywood I story. I know, it's so, it's so it's amazing.
1: After you did your talk show, you really embraced the whole weight issue. That, I always think that that must have been very tough for you because the you you detailed this paragraph. There's this paragraph in your autobiography where you had worked for, I think it was six months in the studio before Wilson Phillips kicked off and you you realized then that you had like you were saying you were really positive and you had these great songs you were like this is going to work this and you brought the executives in and you all sat down to listen to the songs and everyone was just like yes like we have it here and one of the executives said to you about well what are we going to do about your weight problem
0: yeah like what a day ah oh. ironically he became such a, sh- a soldier For me and for us. And he wound up being one of my favorite people because of his um, just his determination and his his personality. I mean, we wound up being very good friends because I told him to go fuck his mother when he said that to me. (laughs) You know, I I was, I, I, that came out of left field. And I remember running to the bathroom and just weeping. I couldn't, and I had just lost a bunch of weight. And I, it still wasn't, you know, I, what, I, I've I never been the Hollywood body type. I just never have. But I was so young. I just didn't know. My initial reaction was just a complete breakdown. And then um, my fire and spirited self just yeah. said, you know, are you serious? Let's not focus on that. It's not about that. It's about the music. And soon... When we started touring and doing all these interviews, it was like the personality that people saw and the ability to talk with the with the radio stations. And And I wound up being the best, you know, um, the, 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 the person of the group that... Right, and our communicator. And Wendy and China were good, but they were overwhelmed a lot. It was hard for them. They don't like promotion. They don't like doing that stuff. They're more private. And, you know, even if China's more like, you know, look at me, look at me... It, they, they 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 didn't like doing that stuff. I loved it, so I wound up connecting and wound up being almost like the voice of it. And so I think his, his name was Arma Anden. Arma Anden was the VP of marketing for for Sony and Columbia and then SBK. A big big guy worked Barbra Streisand Records, so I trusted him. So when he said that to me, I thought it was like a personal jab rather than are you are you serious about this? You know? Yeah. So. Um, it was devastating, but I, I think I proved him wrong. I really do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. My God. Recently, you, uh, you and the girls, you put together an album called Dedicated. And it's interesting because if, if someone was to pick up this album in the shop and go, oh, Wilson Phillips, Dedicated, read the track list and go, okay, they did a covers album. Uh, but the interesting thing about that yeah. album is every single song is written by either your uh, father or uh, China's parents. Uh, yep. And this is songs, California Dreaming, uh, like the yeah. big dedicated 1230, all those big songs that I suppose 60s flower children yeah. will just remember and adore. What was it like to revisit all of that?
0: Well, it was it was hard for China because her dad passed away years ago. So he, that was we always had kind of John, John spirit around us. But it was um, it was really scary. We were really scared because we didn't we didn't we knew we couldn't outdo what they did, but we just hung on to, um, you know, our own sound. And my husband, Rob, was really responsible for kind of guiding us, you know, being the producer of the record and and um, arranging all the songs, you know, sticking to to the original arrangements pretty much, but but adding new things, too. So we trusted him. You know, a producer is very important in the studio because they are the ones that help give you the confidence and guide you. The songs themselves are such masterpieces that Mm. it's every line, every note is so celebrated that you don't. We didn't get hung up on anything. We just it was very easy, easy flowing and um, just celebrated the vocals. And um, the one song, though, that was really hard was uh, Good Vibrations because we did vocals only. There were no instruments. And, um, Rob had, uh, come up with this fucking um, brilliant idea of, of turning the instruments into the voices. And, and of course, you know, um, there were about 160 tracks on that one. And, wow. uh, mostly me, mostly me, actually, I was doing all <laughs> these weird noises for the cello and for the, um the what's that? What's that instrument? Oh, shoot. The theremin. Yeah. And like I was doing all these weird noises and it was I was every other word was fuck, fuck, fuck. I, I couldn't get it. It was hard. I had to do Mike Love's parts singing very, very low. <clears throat> so that was a challenge. But it was I um, oh, loved it.
1: Good vibration. Interesting that you mentioned it because it's just... Uh, when I heard it, I was like, God, that's such a brilliant... You know, for a vocal harmony group to sing all the instruments, it was amazing. Like, when you played that for your dad, what was the reaction?
0: It was... I have... Well, he cried. He, cri- he cried. And he was... He was just... He kept saying, it's better than the Beach Boys. It's better than the Beach Boys. And I was like, Dad, please, <laughs> you know, come on, you know. It, it was just... He was... um floored
1: wow that's amazing and tell me of all the stuff you've done what are you most proud of
0: what am i most proud of i'm everything i don't i don't regret anything i mean i i regret eating too many donuts maybe but
1: no you you don't donuts are amazing
0: (laughs) oh my god donuts are unfair (laughs) i i dedicated my second book to the person who invented the buttermilk donuts and i said "Fuck you and thank you <laughs> you've actually
1: you uh i've said in loads of interviews and i forgot to bring i meant to, to bring this up that one of your, your kind of unfinished business is uh is stand-up you yeah you, yeah you've said you always wanted to give it a go do you think what are the chances of uh of you uh hitting the stage and doing stand-up at some point
0: well, I did one show, and it took me three hours to to not be nauseous anymore. I had to have my friends rub my shoulders. I hated it.
1: Oh, um, no. Oh,
0: my God. I know. I know you don't want to hear that. <laughs> it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. But you know what? I think that the, the format that night wasn't right because I'm not – I think because I smoked so much pot, I have trouble, like, remembering – Lines like I get these like okay. brain farts okay. and it's it's all so such ad lib that it's more like storytelling. I can tell stories at night and not shut up, you know. But like if I have to remember like line for line, memorizing jokes, I I feel like I can't do it. I, I think it's a mental block. But who knows about the future? I just know that never was I more terrified. <laughs> ah, it was not enjoyable. It wasn't. <laughs>
1: Do you know what? It was probably really enjoyable for the audience. They probably loved it. Oh my god.
0: I was psychotic. I mean, I did every impression. I mean, it was like, oh my god. I, I just went for it. I think I even farted. I played my farts on TV. I mean, on... on, on I played my farts. In fact, I have them on my iPhone.
1: <laughs> for whatever situation If ever you will, This is what my fart sounds like.
0: No, you don't understand. I'm Utterly obsessed with farting. I think it is the greatest thing. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> just as you that, that that just as you started talking about your farts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to gather one up for you
1: here. <laughs> on your phone or in or in like in your on My phone.
0: On my, oh, <laughs> I, I can fart on command. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wait, I'm looking right here. Wait, I have talking farts. Hold on, happy. Oh, this one's called Happy Bee. I'm gonna play it for you. Listen to this. (laughs) Fabulous.
1: That is hilarious, Carney. I don't know. I I don't know what the problem is. You have a stand-up show. There it is. There it is.
0: You, I have a 25 second fart. 25 seconds, <laughs> and I haven't even done this on Howard Stern. Imagine Howard, you go crazy! You <laughs> would love it. I know. Uh, <laughs> and
1: uh, not we went from Wilson Phillips' beautiful vocal harmonies, beautiful vocal harmonies to carney's farts. I know
0: that's an I report. That's what I love. <laughs>
1: So tell me, is there, what are the chances of, uh, is there going to be another Wilson Phillips album?
0: Well, oh God. Considering that China told me last month she doesn't want to record anymore, I don't know. Oh no. (laughs) I don't know. I You know, I don't want to say that because it's so, it's such a, like a stab, you know, I hate that. I do think there will be. Oh, I do. I think that she is just, you know, fickle and changes her mind a lot. I think that it's undeniable and that, um, probably our greatest joy is being in the studio. So we're just trying to figure out what to do. Do we write? We have a lot of songs in the refrigerator. Um, And who do we work with? And and I don't know, but I'm going to say that there will be. I just don't know when.
1: Okay. Well, you could leak some demos. That's what you should do, leak some demos. Get people excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. We do have a lot, a lot.
1: Well, Kearney, Kearney Wilson, it has been a wonderful delight. A wonderful delight. Do you sing? Uh, I used to, I used to sing years ago in musicals, but I was terrible. I was very very bad.
0: You're laughing. you're so you're not a good singer. Can you I'm sing harmony? I don't think so. Really?
1: But I could try. Well,
0: I, you can try. Do you want I me to t- teach you it to say Why don't we sing a little bit of harmony? <laughs> I can teach you it.
1: Okay. Um, cool.
0: Are you really gonna do it? Okay.
1: Okay, I'm gonna do Uh that. Let's that. see.
0: <laughs> um, this is what we'll do. Um, if you sing some of Hold On, um, if she sings, don't you know, things have change, things are going away. If you go, don't you know, things have change, things are going away.
1: Don't you know, things are change, things are going away.
0: Oh, you did it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so sing it with me. So, you're going to go, don't you know, things have changed, things are going away. You do that. Right. Ready to go.
1: Don't you don't know you. things will change? Things will go your way.
0: Wait one more time.
1: Okay. Don't you know things will change? Things will go your way.
0: <laughs> I just tried to sing with you. That didn't work. But oh, um, you did it. I did. <laughs> you said <it>. harmony. <laughs> Get down to that note. Don't. Don't you know?
1: Don't. Don't you know? Don't. Oh, you're sharp. I'm sharp. Duh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a bitch. <laughs>
0: oh my God, I am so bitchy in the studio. Oh, you hate me. Oh, things have changed. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's the So you're going to go, I can't sing well. Da, Don't you
1: know? Things have changed. Things are go your way. Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh,
0: God. You're rising up. Rising up. Oh,
1: you sing a bit of the melody and I'll see if I can match. <laughs> okay. Don't,
0: don't, you know, things are change. Things, things are, going are going away. 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 Don't, yeah. you know, don't you things know, things are change. Things are change. Things, things are, going are going away. away. <laughs> yeah, the harmony part is, don't you know, things are change. Things are going <laughs> away. You see?
1: Okay, don't you know? It's things have changed. Things, you know? change? <laughs> you know? things, change. things are going
0: away.
1: Don't you know? Things <laughs> have changed. Things are go away. What
0: the oh. hell? <laughs> Kearney,
1: I think it's Wilson Farrelly. I think it's Wilson Farrelly. Mr. Farley,
0: you are one funny
1: dude. I'm really sorry to subject you to all of this, but Carney really is a perfectionist. This went on for Ages, we literally did this for half an hour. Okay. Don't you know?
0: There's a change. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> things will
1: change. Things are going away. If you hold on for one more day, if you can you hold on for one more day? Things are going away.
0: Hold on for one more day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I <laughs> <for the> <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, Carney Wilson, you are amazing. Best guest ever. Best guest ever. You're so sweet. Thank you. Um, I'll I'll probably be in LA next year, so hopefully I'm going to do a show over there. So um, I'll give you a shout.
0: I'll be there there to support you.
1: Oh, you're amazing.
0: You're amazing. I will come. I will come. I'll bring my husband. We'll go.
1: Cool. Your husband is gorgeous, by the way. Oh, (laughs) that is...
0: Oh no, I'm gonna i almost gave it something away. No, forget it, forget uh, yeah. it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is some fine work there, Miss Wilson. <laughs> ah, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> thank, thank you thank so you. much, Carney. You're you are just the best. Thank You're the you. best.
0: I'm glad that we did it. Garode, it's been great. Watch <smack> Ireland! Don't you know a change? Thank you so much,
1: everybody. Good night, Tokyo. Well, there you have it. I told you she was gonna be amazing, and she absolutely was. That was as much fun to record as it sounds. Kearney Wilson. What a woman. Absolutely fantastic. And Kearney and the rest of her bandmates celebrated the 25th anniversary of the release of their debut album, Wilson Phillips, last Friday, Friday the 8th of May. So it's been 25 years, so I suppose in some way it was a fitting tribute that here on the podcast, we murdered their biggest hit. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret. This interview with Kearney was recorded late last year. So a few things have happened for Wilson Phillips in the meantime. Firstly, they continued to tour as a band in the US and they are actually recording. But I bet you didn't know this. Wilson Phillips actually feature quite heavily on Rihanna's last single, 4 or 5 seconds, the one that featured Paul McCartney and was produced by Kanye West. I did not know that. Kanye West said of Kearney Wilson, When I think of Angelic and I think of authenticity, I think of you. Well, I have to say, I couldn't agree more. I never thought I'd be quoting Kanye West. But well, there you have it. Stranger things have happened. You'll notice in the interview I cut in some songs and I didn't put in a clip of Flesh and Blood, which is the song that Kearney and Wendy wrote about trying to reunite with their dad. The reason being is I had a listen to it and I was trying to cut out a piece to put in, but I actually think it's worth referring you just to listen to the whole song because they were really laying it out there. <laughs> um, and it was really hard to pick a clip. So yeah, go over to YouTube and have a listen to that. That's it for this episode. Garode at com if you want to get in touch or you can follow me on Twitter. And while you're at it, why not give Kearney a follow? She is at Kearney Wilson on Twitter and Wilson Phillips are also on Facebook. Stay subscribed because there'll be another episode in about two weeks time with a great guest, a fantastic guest but then that's the way it's been going for the past few episodes, hasn't it? I've been really, really lucky with this series, so thanks to everyone that agreed to take part. Also, thanks to everyone that came out to Wheelands. That was a great show, and if you didn't make it, well, we'll do it again. Until next time, thanks for listening. Don't you know things that change? Things that go your way. God, now I get us.
0: Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today.